Hello, friends. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ganahl, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. We are in the Greeley Museum. This is fascinating. And Holly, you've been such a great host. This is Holly Berg. She's the curator of the exhibits here. Has been with the museum for 10 years, right, Holly? Just about, yeah. It's so nice to meet you. And thank you for the tour. Fascinating things here. This has been such a fun experience. Thanks. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. <laughs> I wanted you to talk a little bit about how you got into running a museum. Like, that's not usually a bucket list item on kids, for kids, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. I've had so many conversations with, with people, um, with students in the area who just say, oh, I've loved museums my whole life and I can't wait to work in one one day. Um, one child that our educator met doing a program said, you work in a museum, you have to be rich. I wanna do that. And we were like, okay. That, that gives me some good, um, wholesome feelings about my job. It makes me think of the fun movie, What's the Night in the, a Night in the Museum with Ben yeah. Stiller. That's a great movie and Robin Williams. Yes. Super fun. And it's almost like now when you walk through museums, you think about that, like what would it be like to spend a night here? Exactly, our, our objects don't come to life. I'm sorry to spoil that myth. But um, now as for me, I really wasn't one of those kids. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I moved up here to go to college and my college advisor said, you know, why don't you try the museum out? And so I got an internship here. I was really lucky to get an, a prestigious internship here and um, just haven't left. Worked my way up the ranks and now I'm the curator of exhibits. So tell me, Holly, what a typical day looks like in your job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I love my job is that there is no such thing. My projects follow the same steps, but my day-to-day is so different. Um, I do everything from um, having most of the input on topic selection and then I work with my board and my staff members to finalize that. And then I do research in the collections, I do writing, I do the graphic design, I do fabrication, and then I install. So some days I might be up on a ladder wearing paint full clothes <laughs> and uh, painting a wall or drilling a hole in the wall, um, while other days I might be at my computer doing graphic design and still other days I might be in the archives researching all of our collections items. So there is really no typical day, but that's what I love about it. How many people do you have on staff here? Oh, you know, it, it fluctuates because we have full-time staff and then we have um, seasonals. And with our four different sites, we also bring on interpreters um, who are costumed and lead tours out at our Living History Center, um, Centennial Village Museum. So I would say in the height of summer, it's probably upwards of 20, maybe more. Okay, Holly, you grew up in Colorado Springs, right? I did. And then you came up to Greeley. 
what's the difference? Like, what's the difference in the communities, Colorado Springs and Greeley? That's a really good question. Hmm. Well, I think Greeley is a little bit smaller, and even though it is growing in population, it still has that really unique small town feel yeah. to it. Um, the downtown feels very small and uh, connected still. That's great. Do you like living up here? Yeah, it's a beautiful community. We've had a wonderful day. The hail and the rain was a bit crazy. <laughs> it was an adventure. But I, I get the feeling that Greeley really epitomizes the spirit of Colorado. The people here have kind of that wild, wild west, like let you live your life, let me live my life. Is that the feeling you get to here? Yeah, especially researching through the history, I would say that that's pretty accurate, but the community was founded on these defining principles, and one of them is cooperation. So even from the founding as the Union Colony, everybody knew that they had to come together and cooperate to get projects done, and I still see some of that today. That's a great point. Um, one of the cool exhibits that you showed us was about Rattlesnake Kate. Correct. Do you mind showing us real quick and telling the story? Sure. Okay, yeah, let's okay. walk over to the exhibit. Okay, so it's this direction. We're in the Greeley History Museum's main gallery here, and we have one of our most famous residents over here um, named Rattlesnake Kate. She's a very, very popular story, and um, her picture is actually right over there, and some of her artifacts are here. So, um, and we have her story written up here on the wall as well. But I'll just, I'll just tell the really quick version of her story. So. Her name is Catherine McHale Slaughterback, and she's living in a small little house that we actually have a replica of out at Centennial Village Museum. And this is 1925 in the fall, in October. She has a three-year-old son living with her, Ernie. And one morning they wake up and they hear gunshots and they know there's some hunters out um, beyond her land and they know they're hunting ducks. And she thinks, oh, you know, I can go get a really good meal if they leave any of the ducks behind or maybe I'll go scare them off or maybe I'll just go talk to them, that sort of thing. So she gets on her horse with Ernie and she rides out. But about halfway there, a little over halfway there, her horse refuses to move and then rears up and gets really scared and she can't figure out what's going on, so she tries to prod the horse forward. Horse doesn't move, so she gets off of the horse only to realize she's standing in the middle of a rattlesnake, migration rattlesnake um, swarm, I guess you could call them. And so she is afraid for herself, she's afraid for her son, she's afraid for the horse even, and um, she has a 22, um, sorry, not a 22, she has a gun on her horse and so she grabs it it's actually that gun right over there it's the Remington yes it is a 22 um, rifle and she is a pretty crack shot so she decides she's gonna shoot as many of these snakes as she can well she quickly runs out of bullets and so she grabs a sign that's been pounded into the ground nearby and she starts killing these rattlesnakes left and right with this sign and couple hours go by and she feels safe again. She realizes she has killed about 140 different rattlesnakes. Oh my goodness. So. That's like a horror story. <laughs> it is, especially if you're afraid of snakes. 
So she knows that rattlesnakes make, make some pretty good eating, and she knows that she can skin them, so she gathers up a bunch of them, and she takes about 40 of their skins, and she fashions a dress for herself. Um, and over the years, she adds little features to it here and there, and she wears the rattles on her neck as a necklace and a headband sometimes, and they're on her shoes. So we are lucky enough to have the actual rattlesnake skin dress here on display at the museum. Do you want to see it? Yes. Okay. Do you want to do the honors? Do you want to hit sure. the button? And for those of us just, or those just listening to the podcast, I'll try and describe it. It's very creepy, but kind of cool looking. It's literally made out of rattlesnake skins and has little rattles at the tips and a rattle, rattle necklace. Um, you've got to Google this and check it out. It's pretty amazing. Holly, next, I want you to talk about a really neat exhibit here that we spent a lot of time in the room called the Unmentionables. How did that come to be? Yes, okay, so that is one of my favorite exhibits that I've ever done here, and it's called Unmentionable, the Indiscreet Stories of Artifacts. So sometimes we bring in traveling exhibits that are put together by other companies or other institutions, and sometimes we create those uh, exhibits in-house with Nothing but us doing all the creation process. This one is kind of a hybrid. So we worked with a traveling exhibit company, um, and they, they gave us the right to use the title and some of the graphics, some of the text, but they said, you know, this is a really great opportunity to go through your own collection and display pieces that you may never have displayed before or pieces that are juxtaposed together that you might never have seen before. And that's unmentionable. So the exhibit is all about examining the idea of what it means for something to be taboo or icky or weird, make us feel uncomfortable. And why don't we like to talk about that? And how has that concept changed throughout time? Are there things that were considered unmentionable a long time ago that we talk about every day now? Um, and that might be the traditional unmentionables, the undergarments. You know, yes, yeah, seeing the old undergarments, that was crazy. Yeah, those aren't such a big deal now, but they used to be. One of the most frightening things for me, I don't know if you'll agree, was the drill, the dentist drill of old time, and the little hook that they used to pull teeth out. Ah, oh, that was so creepy. But also a lot of in, in the exhibit about death and how they honored death back then and um, yeah, just the fun undergarments, seeing those from the, the past. Holly, what's, the, what's your favorite exhibit you've ever done or put together? That is a really good question, but I'm gonna have to say unmentionable. I really <laughs> like that one. It's kind of based on a cabinet of curiosities, you know, the Victorian practice of putting um, a collector's items just all in one cabinet or one room and then um, showing it off to people who came around. So I really like that concept. Um, and that was the first big exhibit that I got to do after I became curator. So that one's kind of my baby. What do you have to say to young people who might be interested in this profession? What's the right, what are the right classes to take to kind of see if it piques your interest? Hmm. Well, I would say um, try to volunteer and go to as many museums as you can. Um, that's the best first step and talk to as many museum professionals as you can. A lot of people don't realize just how many different things you can do in a museum. A lot of people see a museum and think there's one job you can do there but there are so, so many. You can get into 
art preservation and conservation, which involves a lot of chemistry and science. You can get into history and interpretation, which may be the writing, it may be the leading tours, might be public speaking. Um, you can get into education, teaching not only our visitors, adults, but every age level. Um, you can go into classrooms and, and bring history to the kids. Um, and then you can do what I do, do be an exhibit designer um, or an interpreter. And every institution's a little bit different. They're gonna have a little bit different set of staff. So I would say visit as many different types of museums as you can and talk to as many different people as you can. We just went on a road trip and two things stand out to me. One was the museum in the middle of Kansas for the Wizard of Oz. That was amazing. I've been there. Spent a couple hours like fascinated with all the stuff they had in just a tiny little town. I can't remember the name of it. And then we were in Florida and went to Cape Canaveral and saw the museum that had the space shuttle there that exploded and it was so sentimental and just impactful and it really I think taught our kids, I have young kids, a lot about what that day was like for those of us that experienced the shuttle exploding. And so I think the beauty of museums, right, they give you, um, they take you back in time, they, they let you kind of experience what life was really like and not on a TV or a screen but seeing actual artifacts, it's just, it's a really cool experience. So thank you for all you do. Um, if I had to ask you how you would explain why you love living in Greeley or Colorado per se, what do you tell people? You know, I think my best answer to that question is because in Colorado, I think we have a little bit of every little different thing. Every, there's so many different facets, you know. We've got a little taste of the big city life. We've got a little taste of the agricultural, small town, rural life too. We've got mountains, we've got plains, and you can get everywhere within a couple hours. If there's no traffic. If day. there's no traffic and no construction, and if it's not a holiday, maybe. Or a hailstorm, flash flooding, that doesn't help. <laughs> exactly. But I love that we have all these little different facets, and we see almost all of them here in Greeley. Yeah, in this museum especially, it's such a smattering of all the different parts of the culture here. One thing I didn't mention that I really enjoyed was seeing the time capsule exhibit and seeing um, from 1967 and 1970, I believe, and the letters from the kids about what they wanted to do, what they wanted to be when they grew up. Most of them said teacher or secretary, yeah. it seemed. Yeah, that's another thing that's changed over time. You know, most of the little girls uh, said airline stewardess, teacher, mom, wife, some of those One things. One wanted to be a millionaire. And an yes, yes, that was a little boy though. Oh, that's right, yes. that's right. One wanted to be a millionaire when he was married. <laughs> I think that's a great goal. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun looking through all the student submissions. A lot of them drew little pictures and you could really tell what was happening in their day-to-day -day lives based on what they drew and what they said. A lot of little boys said, I wanna be a spaceman and of course, 69 and um, going up to the moon and all of that. And so. the FBI. I saw a lot of mentions FBI. about the FBI. Yep, FBI, police, one even state trooper, I think. But And then there was one little boy who just drew a big stick figure and said, I want to be happy. And I was uh, like, that's a good That goal. transcends time. Absolutely. Well, Holly, what's the most Colorado thing you've ever done? Can you think of something? I bought a Subaru. <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> Do you have a dog to go with the Subaru? I don't. Darn, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I might, but yeah. That's a good answer. 
Well, thanks, Holly, for spending some time with us and, and taking, on, uh, taking us on the tour. It was really fascinating, and I would encourage everybody to get up here and see these exhibits. Do the, how often do the exhibits change? This gallery in particular with Rattlesnake Kate, she'll be here for a, a good long time because this is our semi-permanent gallery. Um, but the rest of the galleries in the Downtown History Museum change about once a year. That's all on our website when they'll change. And what's the website? The website is greeleymuseums.com. And are you on social media also? We are. We're on Facebook. Um, Greeley Museums. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Everybody needs to come see Rattlesnake Kate and her dress. And can I also mention that you can come to our Living History Museum, too. We have a, an eight-acre Living History Museum at Centennial Village Museum, and they're operated by our same team. By the and state. that's pretty close to this one, right? It is. Just a few minutes away, yeah. So spend the day. Come on up to Greeley. Spend the day. Hang out. We went to the brewery earlier. That was really fun, so people could go grab some, some uh, libations afterwards. That sounds like a good day. <laughs> I echo that. Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Ganahl.